Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Valentine's is been and gone, which of course means love is dead once more. And it's time for us to embrace our bad guy personas. On another episode of That Time, I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends. And actually, most of them were trash, but some of them weren't. AKA The Trash Manga Friends Podcast Xenoglossia. Episode 47, Saint? No, I'm just a passing trash manga, the invincible saint in the quest for fluff. You know the drill by now. This is the show usually where three people discuss two volumes of one trash manga. But this time around, three people discuss 30 episodes of one trash webtoon. We'll dissect what's good, what's bad, what's trash, and revel in our roles as the heels of the manga podcast world. I am your forever host, Maleficent Sean, joined as ever by the evil Queen Mike and Cruella de Phil. How are you both? I appreciate that you called him Cruella de Phil. I was happy with that one. I mean, I couldn't find one for you, so you just get Evil Queen. That's fine. I I, I am a Yas Evil Queen, so I'm okay with that. Yas. <laughs> Yas Queen. Slay <laughs> them. Kill them. <laughs> oh. Yes. Uh, it's it's fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm suffering. Suffering from this. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That's the very lead. Yep, I'm good. Well done. Nailed it. <laughs> Flawless. Man, it's been a long fucking week, man. I, I wonder what Mike's thoughts are. I would never say that at this point. That would be spoilers. That that it would, Mike. That it would. And how is how is Corella DeFell himself? I <laughs> pretty standard for Phil. I mean, I was I was like, talking about how my boiler is currently broken in my house, so it's so fucking cold. So if suddenly I stop talking on this episode, it's because I have succumbed to the hypothermia. I, I think you'll be fine, buddy. I mean, I'm pretty dramatic. I am a queen, after all. Yeah. This is the fourth time we've attempted to record this. After all. <laughs> Man, there's a reason for that, but we'll get to that. I, I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear that, Mike, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but we got there in the end. Well, in that case, let's dive right in. So, this time around, we have been covering, as mentioned, a webtoon called Beware the Villainess in English, and I don't have its Korean name down, I just have the symbols, which I can't pronounce, so my apologies to our Korean listeners. This is a... I've got comedy isekai, which I feel is probably the best description. You could say romance as well, but more comedy than that. It has been running since April 2020. There's 92 episodes currently. It's on hiatus at the moment, and I believe there's going to be 30 epilogue episodes coming out later this year. But according to Phil, the main plot has wrapped up in those 92 episodes. Yes. It is written and drawn by, and I'm going to use the names we have on the English versions, because again, I don't have the Korean names, and if I did, I'd probably butcher them horribly. So it's written by Berry and Soda Ice, and it is art by Blue Canna. I could not find any other works for them. But again, these are uh, pseudonyms rather than their real names. So maybe they have done a bunch of things. I just don't know. And this is licensed. You can read this over on Tapas, which has all 52 episodes. However, uh, because it's a webtoon, you'll have to play the fun webtoon economy game, which means you can read five for free. And then you'll need to buy into Inc., which is Tapas's currency. I think I calculated it's roughly you'd have to blow about $30 to read the whole thing. Oh, so you need to play the NFT game is what you're saying. No, because you don't own it afterwards. <laughs> you own the experiences you've had. I, I'm not, I'm not, not going into NFTs. <laughs> just fucked. Honestly, I regret it. Move on. <laughs> Either way, as I say, thirty bucks to own it all. If there are thirty epilogue episodes, you can probably add another ten bucks on top of that if you want to have the whole thing. And there are, as of now, no anime and no plans. 
But Phil, take us into it, because it's been a while since we've done a webtoon, and you wanted to do one for make a nice little change. So tell us all about Beware the Villainess. What's it about? Sure. In typical isekai fashion, our main character finds themselves in a brand new world. Only this time, rather than being some random no-name with some absurd powers, they find themselves reincarnated into their favourite romance story from when they were alive, except they are the villainess. And thus begins our main character's trials and tribulations to not want to murder all of the romantic love interests that appear in the story. Even though, to be fair, she'd be perfectly justified, I feel. Yes. Just, just stab them all. That is an underlying theme of the whole thing. Just like, man, these, these guys are all just shit. Yeah, one of the themes of this is let's take the general, typical romance archetypes you have in these like reverse harm style things and show how, in reality, fucking creepy when you look at them under a microscope. Well, yeah. So, so, yeah. So we're told there are four male interests, four male leads, I guess you would call them. And then the female lead, who we do get introduced to as well. But uh, of our four male leads, two of them are kind of really fucking creepy in what they do. The other two are just shit. They're just kind of shitheads, I would say. Not necessarily creepy as such, but... None of them are keepers. No. There are no good people in this, yes. Which, I mean, to bring it... So, like, the first episode, for example, we're introduced pretty much straight away to the first love interest, who's supposedly, like, the main one in this romance story, which is Ian, the crown prince, who happens to be uh, Melissa, our main character's fiancé. And he's just a giant womanizer and cheats on Melissa at every opportunity he gets. To her face. Yes. To her fa- yes, like, we'll regularly be like, hey, come round after like neglecting her for two months or whatever just be like yeah let's let's have tea and then she'll walk in on him banging another lady and then it, like shocked when now, now that she's you know been isekai slash reincarnated so has someone with a brain inside her now is shocked when she takes objection to the idea that you know you're betrothed gain it on with another woman in front of her that how how could how could you like what? Like well, it's because stunned deer in the headlights. We're we're sort of told like before Melissa regained her memories of when she was a young Korean lady. We never really know her name. Oh yeah, it is it is worth highlighting. The Isekai like this is an Isekai and they do bring it up more than zero time. Like, if you compare it to say the last Web Two S thing we did, which was Battle Through the Heavens. This actually, you know, takes a little bit more time <laughs> yes. and effort with the Isekai concept. It, it, because she does also, unlike Battle Through the Heavens, she does kind of go, oh, well, this stuff that happens in the story and sort of... Yeah, every few episodes, they'll it. reference the book that they're set in. Yeah, and she'll be like, oh, this happens, or I need to do this, that, yeah, whatever. On principle, I refuse to commend this because that should be bare fucking minimum. Yeah. And the fact that it isn't means I'm commending it. <laughs> no, don't don't encourage them. <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit different to like other Iskai's in some way. It's not super different. There are plenty that do this, particularly of what they call the um Atome Iskai's like where uh you have a female lead 
uh, Iskang into some sort of romance story of sorts. And then there's giant robots at some point. Oh, different manga. Weirdly, that's probably the series I compare this to the most out of the ones we covered, like uh, Otomi Life is Tough for Mobs or whatever it was called. But uh, it's it's different because this is someone reincarnating into a character in the story and they recover their memories at some point during the character's lifespan. Normally, normally like just before the story starts. So That is one of the loose bits of the story because at one point our lead character Melissa is like, my memories are kind of hazy and all over the place. And then a few episodes later she's like, no, I remember everything now. Cool, done. It's like, okay, I guess. Just, just have her remember everything from the start. It'd be easier, but sure, whatever. It's not a big part of the story. <laughs> no, it's it's a very minor. The big comparison I would make is um, I'm gonna say my life as a villainess all lead to do. Are you on about the number one villainess series? Because yeah, it's yes, my life as yeah. a villainess. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Which I believe is getting an anime soon ish. I think point. it's already had. Oh, was that this season? Okay. It might have been a few seasons ago. It might be getting a second season. Okay. I, I know in my consciousness it was big enough that it's at that point. I just couldn't remember when. I'm, I'm not saying because I've not watched it, but yes, it, it definitely has or is getting in it. That is getting yeah. in anime. Let's but it's sort of like a sim- similar sort of idea where main character reincarnates into. In that case, I think it's a visual novel. But then when they're like five years old, they like bang the head and he's like, oh shit, I remember my... I'm glad you said your head. Because <laughs> <laughs> for a moment, it was very much like, uh, they're, they're five-year-old and they banged. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> manga was a mistake, and because that could have happened. But this isn't a manga, like, it's a webtoon. Sure is. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, go on, because you've clearly got an axe to grind on this series, buddy. <laughs> And I'm just going to put this out there before it cut you off. I like this series. Of course you fucking like this. Oh my god, spoilers. (laughs) So when Mike's been like, I really hate this, in my head I'm like, why? (laughs) And now I'm even more curious, so go on. Something I will say here is I am actually a little bit surprised at you, Sean, because I know this does one thing you hate, in that it can be a bit meme-y. It does, and... It does go to the well one too many times with some of the facial expressions you get. Yeah. But I'm not going to begrudge it for like referencing Bart, like Homer strangling Bart in a panel. I thought, that's cute. <laughs> and he didn't keep doing it over and over. So I was like, no, oh, that's it, cute. It, it, like, it comes up a bit. You do get some kind of like very meme faces, or as you say, you kind of get a Homer Bart strangling situation. But... And e- even more so, considering. It's an isekai, so presumably she's yeah. been exposed to these things in the past. Like, yes. I'm not so mad if she's referencing JoJo once or twice, because <laughs> chances are she's seen JoJo. Yes, probably. Yeah, it's also stuff like um, it's it's general nerd culture that gets referenced quite a lot. So another one's the Dark Souls "You Died" thing as well. Yeah, so it's like it, it's a lot of little things there, but uh, yeah, it doesn't save it. <laughs> go on, go on, Mike. I'd argue it's one string of the bow that makes it, Mike, but go on. <laughs> so this ties in to why <laughs> this recording session was so delayed. Because you hated it. Uh, kind of. He's going to try and make out that it's hard to read, which is complete nonsense, but carry on. This is the single most boring thing I have 
ever I refuse to believe that. That is absolute no, trash. It was painfully boring. Right, let, let me find oh my, my let me find the list of episodes. I guarantee we've read something worse. Okay, no, no. We we definitely read worse. Definitely read worse things, worse products. Like this is in of itself not the terribly made thing. The problem is, this is the most boring one we have ever read for this show. At least all of the other ones, like all the terrible fucking shit we read, like Redo of a Healer or whatever, at least that keeps you motivated through sheer rage at reading it. It elicits an emotion. This thing took me, legitimately took me a fortnight to read because, oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't, you, you know the phrase, you can't put it down because you're so invested? What's the opposite of that? I couldn't pick it up. <laughs> it was like, nah, completely wrong. Like, oh, the first so arc. boring. I'll give you the first arc drags the fuck on with Ian, oh, yeah. where we oh. see multiple strips of them just dancing around in circles in this insanity of, like, him being unable to process the fact that... <laughs> she, she wants to break all. That's every fucking strip for, like, over half of what we read. Absolutely not. <laughs> so much of it. So much of just, like, I want to break up. What? I want to break up. It's like this is not, this is not good. Yeah, I'll give you that's the first few episodes. Then it moves when you do get past that arc. It's not even hard to read at that point. I sped through like the rest of it once we were past Ian. This thing sets the land speed record for how quickly I stopped giving a fuck. No, that's fly me to the moon. No, no, fly me to the <laughs> fly me to the moon. At least had an interesting concept. Wait, what? No, this is this is. This is, I am a part of this Tell that now. to your past self, Mike. Say Fly Me to the Moon is an interesting concept. Okay, it has an idea of a concept. <laughs> this is just, person joins a fantasy book that they've been reading, Isekai style, which is already overdone, but whatever. I think we've been clear on that point before. And, it's, <laughs> and then she just starts going about saying, my character is this, but no. And then nothing happens. Nothing happens. Absolutely nothing is accomplished in this entire thing we read. Literally nothing. Everyone is in the exact same place when they finish as when they started. No, they're not. <laughs> it's the same. They, they all have a completely different perspective of her by that point, because she's intervened in all of them where she hadn't really before. There's no growth. Her character motivation changes about halfway through. What do you want about no growth? <laughs> She goes from, I don't want to be involved with this at all, I just want to live a nice peaceful life away from all the idiocy of this novel, to I'm going to defend the good and innocent people in this novel from these horrific male leads who are all twats in their own Do you ways. know why she started doing that? Because she was bored. Because it's boring. Because she had character growth, Mike. <laughs> it was, oh my god, it was a, such a painful read. And I've made no secret of this. I'm not into this rom-com-esque style hijinks. But I would still appreciate any story that's written well. And this is just so long. And the fact that you're having to scroll through like giant sections of white space in, uh, in the webtoon format in general. I mean, this isn't a thing about this comic in particular. It's just the format. Because you've got this huge series of white space in between. And I, sc I go through on my phone. So I'm literally just scrolling and scrolling through these giant sections of just like white, huge white space panel where nothing happens. Huge white space panel where nothing happens. It's just, oh, it was draining. Like I, I'm 
made a joke like privately between us before we started this saying i only have a finite amount of energy every day and i spend it on this good god this thing killed me i oh <laughs> i could not read this more than one chapter at a time and when i forced myself to do that final push i kept looking at how many chapters i had left and was disappointed the number was more than zero every time and it just <laughs> it was such a slog it's like why would i give a fuck about any of this they've never given me a reason to care and it was just so boring <laughs> like that was my one defining feeling coming away from this and if you weren't bored for it from it uh, i guess more power to you i think you're fundamentally wrong. I'm the exact opposite. I was engaged. I, I was looking into it. buying the tap, like until I discovered you had to play tapas nonsense bucks. Yeah, I might have kept reading uh, after the show and or bought it if it was like a fax flick sum for the whole strip. I'd like that the artwork as well is just so generic all the way through. What do you mean it's generic? <laughs> it is like the most standard webtoon art that you can ever see. I would disagree. That's gamer. This has a lot of effort for facial expressions. As Phil mentioned, you've got the meme stuff, which when they're not overplaying what I think is the me Guster face, I don't know memes. It's all right. Like I like the character designs, the color. Obviously, color elevates pretty much any format, but uh, it does a pretty good job here. So you get some nice backgrounds. Like It's not like solo leveling level. Don't get me wrong. I happily admit that art in that is really well done. Mm-hmm. But this is perfect. This is service. This is no serviceable is insulting. It's good. No, it's not top tier, but it's good. Generic as hell is what I'm saying. Is what I'm sticking with. It looks like every other webtoon I've read, but with less detail in like background. What other webtoons have you read that aren't for this show, Mike? I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I have read some because you haven't. <laughs> I have. I, I've read a fair amount of webtoons over my please, years. Please name one that isn't no. for this show. I refuse, <laughs> because it's not the point. <laughs> it kind of is the point, though. You're claiming it's generic, but you can't back up the genericness of it. <laughs> I was about to say something very stupid. I was about to say, <laughs> it just feels generic. <laughs> Which is fine. I, You can say it feels like a pretty standard art style. It, it does definitely feel sure. standard. Maybe I was being a bit overzealous with the word it's generic. It's not unique, it, if that's what you mean. Like, I happily admit that. Yeah. It looks like most other webtoons out there. And most other pretty standard-looking stuff that happens in... Um, yeah, it's not medieval fantasy, but whatever no, it, it is. Like, if you envision like a fantasy like this in colour, yes, it's pretty much like exactly what they are. They're all in like their nice high-society clothes and variety and stuff like that. It's not extravagant or anything like that. I'll give you that. But again, I don't think that makes it bad. I just think it makes it a... I didn't say it made it bad, to be fair. It just doesn't help it at all when I'm already bored. It just, it makes everything blend into one. I just think you're looking for excuses to hate on this at this point, Mike. I'm really not. Like, these (laughs) these aren't excuses. These are the reasons I hated on it. And it's like a combination of all these factors. I didn't give a shit about the characters because they never endeared themselves to me pretty much ever. And especially like the fact that we can agree on there are no good people in this thing. There's no good characters, like no good guys. It's meant to all be assholes. At least from what we've seen so far, I'd argue the main heroine is a good character. Sure. Nine is a good character. 
I have other things to say about nine, but they, it just everything together in the fact that it can't or doesn't endear itself to me. And then it's just boring to look at huge series of white space series upon series of panels, which don't progress anything. Don't refresh anything. Don't keep anything engaging or interesting. And it just hurt me to read this by any chance. I'm guessing. So you didn't like the main character, Melissa, I'm guessing. No. No. Because that would make sense, considering this is... If I do have one big problem with the narrative, it's it's the Melissa Podebrat show, and everyone else be damned, it's her. She's either monologuing or speaking, or it's about what she's doing, and everyone else be damned, that's, that's what this story is. It's her story, and no one else's. And they overdo it with the dialogue as well. Like, I know this isn't meant they to don't be... overdo it. It's not meant to be a shonen fart lasers in every direction type of deal. Like, it's not meant to be that, and that's okay. But they take four sentences to do one sentence worth of information constantly. Like, this, is the... this ties into the whole me scrolling forever and having to get through these huge sections. This is a huge contributor to it, where you can... You can read four panels, have to scroll through all of that extra white space between those panels, and then come out with one or less pieces of information from it. Because it's just talking for the sake of talking sometimes. It's so rough to try and for me to try and read this that I I physically couldn't record this a week ago because I hadn't read it and I knew I wouldn't be able to rush through the last few chapters before recording. It was so tiring. The pacing is definitely dragged out a bit at the start with the Ian arc. I happily agree with that. But I, again, I didn't get tired. And I feel once it's past him, it's pretty light and breezy to get through. Like I zipped through the back half of like the 30 episodes we had to read when it was then focusing on the other three characters who we'll get to. I will concede that the back third of what we read, not the back half, the back third of it, is a new movement in what little plot there is it's new by comparison which is very necessary because i was reading the first 20 episode strips chapters whatever we call these Uh, i was reading the first 20 of these and i was like how is there like 90 of these if this is all we're going to do (laughs) and it was it was daunting to think god i have to keep reading this until it's done because like how can this keep going so i was pleasantly surprised to see that they at least try to change up the format a little bit and i can't i can't help but think that's because the reader originally wrote those first however many chapters and in the intention of that being the entire story and then they're like right this is kind of catching on i should diversify a bit I mean, I don't know. They reference all four main characters in the first episode, which admittedly, you glaze over the first time, so it's a good thing they then loop back to it like 20 episodes in when things are moving. It's like, oh, right, yeah, the other characters. But I see that more as like a... You know how in Bleach they talk about all of the the captain's major abilities, but you don't see them? I'm well aware of Taikuba's lovely tendency to be like, here's a group shot of characters, get used to them. (laughs) But it's like, well, he says, like, here's all these things that... They can do these things, but we're not going to tell you about them. And then they come back in later. I feel like this was the same idea. Like, Kubo never had any intention of revealing any of that shit. Like, at any point. It's just that it got extended way further. So they got time and pretty much forced to reveal them eventually. 
I feel like it was meant to be that kind of thing, where it's like, there's four main uh, main interests, but this is the one we're focusing on. We're not even going to talk about those. I feel like it was the same sort of thing, and then when it got to a certain point, they went, right, this is caught on, let's diversify. And I think that's a huge contributor to why the first chunk of the story is so damn repetitive and slow. I don't know, considering the story is only run essentially... Especially when it went on hiatus, but I think it was essentially it only ran for like a year and a bit. So I would imagine that the story was mostly planned out from the start for the runtime was that so short. I, I think it's more a case of like that first, I'm going to say arc. Mm-hmm. It was probably just poorly planned out in terms of pacing. God, yeah, it was. Because as far as we're aware, this is these people's first and only work. So perhaps they were just like, oh yeah, we need to do this, that, the other, and it's going to take this many episodes, chaps, whatever you want to call them. And then maybe after a, they banged them out, they were like, actually, we kind of need to up the pacing a bit, change how we're progressing things. I was going to say, because Mike made a point of like, I don't see how this can run for nine episodes. I was not going to lie. By the time we get towards the year arc, I'm like, Jesus Christ, how how has this not been going for like 500? The pace <laughs> it's going. <laughs> you think it would go for more? Yeesh. Yeah. Well, it was more like at the pace it's going, I would expect, like, yeah. you know, the point where we start would be like episode 80 or something. Well, it's like the first five chapters was just that first meeting between Ian and Melissa. Just them in the room. Just, yeah. It, it's, it was that first episode of Fate Zero where it's like, we need to have some exposition here. We're just going to have people walking around in a circle for like five minutes so we have some animation. Felt like that in a way. I would have preferred solid exposition to this. And I hate ham-fisted exposition. God, I would have preferred that than just repetition on this level. Slow repetition. It's definitely a stumbling start, but I feel it picks up massively as it goes on, whereas Mike had given up. (laughs) I think it's also because what perhaps doesn't help is that Ian's just sort of the least interesting character. And I do understand that's the point. Like, I get it. I get that he's supposed to be generic love interest for this character who isn't meant to be the main character in this story. I get it. Like, I got what they meant for this character. I got what they meant to do. But the problem is, just because it's understandable doesn't make it compelling or good or fun. You have to put effort into that. And I just don't feel that effort is there for this entire first section. And that's what makes it one of the many things that makes it just drag when they just repeat shit over and over and over. It also doesn't help that the ideas it introduces in that section then kind of just seem to fizzle and don't really... Like, at one point, our lead character, justifiably within the context of his story, wants to assassinate Ian, I would argue. Yeah, so she is plotting it in her head. She's plotting it, and it just goes nowhere. (laughs) It just stops. (laughs) Here's an idea. That was a good idea. Because, funnily enough, assassinating the crown prince is a bit of a no-no. Yeah, if only she had a brother who was an assassin. Who works for the crown prince. And you just highlight all the nonsense. You bring in proof that she's be- he's been womanizing behind her back. And then, oh, look, there's a narrative right there. Except the thing is, we already know the brother doesn't give a shit. Well, not at that point in the story, we don't. Well, no, not at that point, sure. But the point is, when he's introduced, his introduction is basically, like Ian says, you're moping about. Stop that! Go, go to it's your more, the love of your life, kind of thing. And he's just like, she wants an assassin. I didn't really see why. Even like they didn't even humor that idea of like, 
I'll use my brother, who's probably the best assassin in the country. I think because she wasn't genuinely considering assassination, so to speak. Like she, she was definitely putting some thought into it, but it's the kind of thing like, yeah, I could hire it, and then I can just like go live off in the country somewhere. No one would ever know it was me, and that that sort of like fantasy planning. I just, it's one of like several plot threads that don't really go anywhere at that point. Like they do a bit about Ian at one point. Oh, he's bought all the finest jewel. Goes nowhere. Never referenced again. Mm-hmm. Jake, her, her brother, shows up when she's trying to buy a dress at one point and then just gets left behind. So we never find out what that plot point was about. <laughs> it's just like, please follow up on something. Like I get she has her own plans, but follow up on these things you're putting in. <laughs> the, assa- the assassin brother is allergic to werewolves. Dogs. Fur. To dogs, yeah, dog. which includes werewolves. There's there's werewolves in this. There, there is werewolves in this. no fucking reason because <laughs> it's a fantasy world. You can man. have werewolves in a fantasy setting. I do agree that it would have been nice if they'd done more to establish because there's a, like an undercurrent here of a rivalry between werewolves and humans that never really gets explored, and it ties into one of the the third of the male leads who's a werewolf, mm. but that you don't really get to explore much other than he hates humans for some reason. Also fought the other werewolf for some reason. Not really gone to their story arc. Like they're, they're introduced. I guess. But you've had a third of the story. You could do, like, at least allude to us of the reason why they hate each other, even if you don't go beyond that. I, I actually have a novel concept. Um, right. Don't introduce plot points until you're ready to expound on them. That's crazy, Mike. Like, that's a thought, you know? It's like, here's all these things which we could talk about, but we're not going to. But we're also not going to talk about anything else, so... Fuck you, I guess. Flashbacks to the gamer. (laughs) (laughs) That too, yeah. Like, these are equally generically bad, in my opinion. How dare. Wait, no, hang on, I said I'd read both of them. Well, there we go. (laughs) We know what I'm into. Was this and... But not solo leveling, go figure. Nagatoro is a completely different series, and it's good, yes. Oh, suddenly this makes sense. Sean is a giant masochist. <laughs> he enjoys reading shit manga and about being stepped on. <laughs> I mean, you're still here, Mike. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a masochist. I'm just confused. <laughs> <laughs> this is absolutely a true test of masochism, reading this. Like, it was... Uh, I, I can say that it was painful multiple times. But that was my only real thought from this. That and just the stupid fucking plot points and how none of them go anywhere and their existence is usually kind of stupid anyway. Like, nothing is really expounded upon or explored at any point during this. You have the four love interest protagonist men, whatever, and honestly, none of they, they, they're all interchangeable. And they're not? I, I think they're all completely interchangeable. Absolutely not. <laughs> Do defend this, then. The story takes pace that don't get me wrong, I'm not saying any of them are good characters and like on a good bad scale or that they're particularly nuanced, so to speak, but yeah. the the story does take pains to highlight how their different flaws, as it were. How one is a rich asshole yander, one is essentially just dives into everything questions first, so he's a moron who will blow shit up. One is the uncaring brother who's kind of a dick and has never really respected his family. The brother's the only unique one, I think. Oh, so, so you're counteracting your previous point and saying one of them is unique. No, I'm saying if you had to 
if you had to pick out one that was more unique than the others, it would be that because at least he has. So you're agreeing they're all unique? No, <laughs> that's definitely what, what not what I said. What is his other shtick then, Mike? That his other shtick is the fact that he actually has motivation outside being a rich debutante boy. Like that's really it. He actually has other interests, other things that drive him. He actually the stupid fucking allergy to dogs. That's actually something different but by that logic so does the werewolf because he has his subplot with nine that's ongoing my main issue with the fact that he's a werewolf is the fact there's no point to there being werewolves in this story at no point do they discuss anything that would be impossible to do with a human and requires them to be a werewolf stuff will come up later you also do see him as a dog yeah but the fact that they can shapeshift isn't seen as a good or bad thing it's just a thing they can do yeah. I mean, this is a world where people know werewolves exist. Why would it be a shock? Surprise. It's not meant to be a shock. It's just they don't, in spite of that fact, they never do anything with these characters that you couldn't just do with a human. The fact that they can shapeshift doesn't affect anything apart from werewolf bad. That's it. And they don't even play with that very often, especially when you consider the main character we briefly mentioned gets a companion called Nine, which is a Werewolf with no tongue? No fangs and no tongue, yeah. He's yeah. been de-werewolfed, whatever that means, because he, sure, can, see, he sure. can still transform. He's, he's been exiled, effectively. Yeah, like he's been declawed, essentially. Yeah. I, I fully admit they should have front-ended more of the werewolf part of the story in these first 30 episodes. I do agree that very little justification is given as to why is there, why do humans hate werewolves? Why do these werewolves hate humans? what's happening with Nine. They could definitely front-end more of that, but I have the confidence to think that is coming. I mean, maybe it is, but even if they spend time discussing that later, this is 30 chapters in. 30. That's so much time devoted to not talking about why your story is unique enough for me to give a shit. It's so much time devoted to uninteresting slow stuff that i just can't help but think why would if you're what if you're reading this week on week or month on month or however often it came out if you were doing it at the time you're keeping up to date what drives you to go past chapter 30 at that point melissa spent so much time it is straight up the main character as i say it's her story it's her show so if you like her like i do you'll probably be engaged to keep reading I want to see her beat the shit out of the snotty rich guy. So I'd like to keep reading. <laughs> you actually mentioned earlier how she doesn't have any superpowers. Disagree a little bit. She's also like some sword. I was going to say sword wizard. Not actually. It's not that she's a sword wizard. It's that like in Mobuseka, she uses her knowledge of the book to go, here's where the super special sword is. I'll just take that now. And don't get me wrong. It's stupid that that's literally just a couple of powers where she goes, well, I read the book, so I know about this legend and how it ends, so mine now. Ha 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 ha. I, I disagree. I think that's fine. That's a fine way to do it, rather than just being like, cool, we're going to spend ten chapters on her going You don't to have to sword. spend ten chapters, but you could either reference the sword beforehand as something. Like, maybe when she's trying to assa- thinking about assassination, she goes, oh, maybe I could get the legendary sword, yada yada. Or something like that. I actually have no problem with the idea of someone saying, I read the book, so I know where this is, and then using that information. I have no real problem with the idea of that. It's one of the few times the isekai premise gets used. Exactly. (laughs) 
but I I don't I don't see how why a writer can't use that and make something interesting out of it, something compelling. Like yeah, you can use that knowledge, but why is it always so easy that they just walk to a place and pick it up? It's like come on, like use that information in an interesting way. Because if you don't use it in an interesting way, it just comes off as the main character god-moding everything. And that's not fun to read. It's like, it's not a power fantasy if that power is not earned, if it's just taken. It's not a, it, it doesn't feel satisfying to follow a story of someone who's given everything. Which, again, this character is, like, with most isekai, to be fair. And it's just, it's just frustrating to watch a character not develop in any meaningful way but still win and come out on top all the time. See, as I've already said, I disagree that she doesn't develop because we're clearly shown at the start of the story she doesn't want anything to do with the story, as it were. She wants to break up her engagement with Ian, which we see her evidencing repeatedly in very blunt letters telling him to fuck off and die, essentially, and trying to get I'm out of that. I'm pretty sure she does outright say that at some point. Pretty much, yeah, which doesn't work for some reason because Ian... Because he's got to women, Sean. Yeah, this this uh, this story has a bit of a potty mouth at times, which is fine. No, no, no. Melissa has a potty mouth at times. But yeah, like the whole point of him not breaking off the engagement makes absolutely no sense as well. I get the idea, uh, partly because of horrible Asian culture stereotypes, partly because he's royalty, that it can't be him. Like it can't. He can't be. Can't be seen as her dumping him. It would have to be. No, it's not that role. But, like, why does he even want to be with her? Like, I get that they have to, like, spin it in a political way that makes it not besmirch the royal name. Yeah, I understand that this was probably, like, a political marriage of sorts. But if somebody wants to not go through with the marriage, that marriage still doesn't happen. Even back in those times, like, in past times, whenever this is set, I can't put a finger it would, on it. I would, period. I disagree with that. <laughs> in the setting of this is, it's very much you get married and you have no choice in the matter. The only excuse for it not working out is your reputation will be destroyed. And it's like, she doesn't, clearly doesn't care. Like, she doesn't care. And so why does she never make the final step that would be required to, like, break off this relationship entirely? And it's so frustrating to watch her just not do it because this character does seem smart. Like, it doesn't, it seems like a character with actual thought behind the eyes. So it's so frustrating to watch them just not make smart moves a lot of the time. And then, of course, be handed everything and everything else I've said so far. I think her logic is that she doesn't want to ruin... She doesn't care about her own reputation, but she doesn't want to ruin, say, her father's... I think it's his, her father's reputation, for example. Like, she doesn't want her family and any future generations of her family, I guess, to suffer just because... She wants this prince to sod off. Yeah, but she does everything over that point anyway. Like she does do the she sends letters. She goes up to them and outright says to them, Let's cut let's break this engagement off. She yeah, goes to the father the and says, if, break he, the engagement if off. he breaks it off, then there's no ruining reputation because just go, Oh, clearly he's decided to marry someone else for whatever reason. Which would be pretty common, I would guess, in that yeah, sort of setting. Makes perfect sense as well because he clearly doesn't want to marry her. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't get why he's outside of stubbornness of like. I get the feeling it was meant to be because the book says so. 
The book says this has to happen. Therefore, the prince is like, that doesn't make sense. It's supposed to happen. I get the feeling that's what they were going for. But if that is what's going for, that is not well communicated at all. Yeah, there are definitely some points where it's shown as like, no matter what you do, key events will snap into place regardless, such as when um, said douchebag prince meets the main heroine, Yuri. Yeah, I, I do feel like by the end of this as well, that is a more flexible rule than it is at the start. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult to nail down what, in, in this universe, what has got any meaning behind it because it has a very flexible relationship with established law so things which they say are going to happen in the book i have to do everything i can to make that not happen and sometimes it's very successful and sometimes it's not for nonsensical reasons so it's very difficult to get attached to anything really because it doesn't obey its own rules why would you get attached I, I get where you're coming from, but I don't necessarily agree that it makes it a weak story, because, to be fair, all isekais play hard and loose with like their isekai rules, so to speak. And I, I say this pretty much every episode. It doesn't matter if I dislike the genre. If it's written well, I can still enjoy it on some level. I just don't think this is written well. The fact that it felt so draining to read just implies that it's just not well written. There's no good ideas here. For me, the enjoyment is very much, especially now that in the back half she takes a more proactive stance, the enjoyment is watching her essentially knock about all these trash guys. And that, especially because you don't get a lot of stories like this with female leads as well, which uh, I hate that it's a point of praise, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, right there with you. It's a strong female lead. <laughs> I do. I do. I guess I praise it with the female lead being strong and not taking shit, even though chronistically they would probably take a lot of shit in that time period that this is set. Well, but the novel presumably does make her eat shit. I mean, they even mention this a few times in the story when she's doing things like her reputation's already rock bottom. She can get away with just about anything. Yeah. Like, she, at one point, as we mentioned, she gets the magic sword, and she's like, I'm going to learn swordsmanship. And I was like, why the fuck would you do that? You're a woman. And she's like, because I want to learn swordsmanship. And then she's like, eh, all right. Bit of a weird thing to do, but hey, you want to learn swordsmanship. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, I guess I can also agree as much as it shouldn't be a point of praise. It should be more commonplace. But uh, yeah, I guess having a strong female protagonist who doesn't radiate the fact that it's because I'm a woman. is like, yeah, OK, they're just a strong protagonist who happens to be a woman uh, is dealing with the situation as she needs to. I think that's that's really well done in that regard, at least. And it's why I like, especially towards the end, when um, uh, when she's um, bantering, as it were, with Peacock Melody, who's the rich asshole Yan there, the story, mm-hmm. uh, towards the end. And that's really when she's kind of coming to her own, because she's, now she's the one defending the princess, as it were. And like Yuri herself isn't like a bad character, per se. I do it's, like it, her it as well. It is just when you've got Yuri in the background there, just rolling on the floor in tears. So that was something else I did want to discuss. Like, probably, I know Mike probably doesn't care about this minutia, but... Uh, I get the feeling Yuri's isekai into this, because if she's meant to be the damsel of the story, as it were, so to speak, that who fawns over all the male leads as all their advances, she, the character we meet comes across very different to the character we've been described beforehand. 
because mm-hmm. she clearly does not give a shit for Ian. She does not give a shit for Melody. Is openly laughing <laughs> at bloody Melissa mocking Melody. I uh, I get the feeling that maybe she there's more there's more going on there than we know. You see, I guess that would make sense. I just thought it was yeah another example of inconsistency across the writing of this thing. I say I I think it's double Isakai, but I could be wrong there. But hey, I also wouldn't complain because I was also then going, oh man, I hope the story goes down Melissa X Yuri route. That would be that would be different. I mean, she's already called Yuri. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they did sort of imply that that could be a thing that is going to happen. And as long as they don't make a big deal out of it, then that's that's good, even representation. Considering it appears like one of the final plot beats when we leave this is going to be Nine pining over the fact that Yuri is now Melissa's number one. I don't know, buddy. I think that's going to get more of that. Nine just being like, you know what? They want to be together. Let them be together, and I'll just be sad over here. I mean, every lesbian couple I know has a pet dog, so why not? But okay, that's a, that's a stupid throwaway bit because obviously she has nine, but we also get at one point in one throwaway panel where she has another dog to try and keep her brother at bay, as it were. I think mm-hmm. Leave, I think they call him. Yes. A plot thread that comes up for I'm going to go with one panel, maybe two panels, and then they forget that dog exists again. Which is like, why? You, could, you didn't need this. You didn't need most of this. I will say the dog comes up again. I hope it does, because it's fucking wandom otherwise. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it ties back into the thing I said before, which is a lot of shit just is there, and I don't know why they bother bringing it up when they're not ready to talk about it yet. Because otherwise you just suddenly go, oh, by the way, this is a thing because we need it to be a thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't... There's a middle ground to these two statements. <laughs> There's a middle ground between talking about something before you're ready and oh by the way this you just you introduce it at the correct time and you discuss it beforehand you don't just say suddenly this happens you just you give it time to properly pace itself establishing it 10 20 chapters earlier and then doing nothing with it past like the first couple of panels that's very bad timing i think it depends entirely on what's being done like you're saying oh all this stuff about wells but actually that stuff that's very ingrained in the world, that is stuff that just would be a part of every day-to-day interactions, potentially. So to just not have werewolves at all. I don't live in this world, Phil. You can't assume I have magical knowledge of the world that I've not read. That, yeah, that's my point. Like They have to introduce the werewolves to say, werewolves are a thing. Might not be particularly relevant right now, but they exist. See, I wouldn't wouldn't have as much of a problem if they just said that these things exist, but they seem to focus a lot on these werewolf characters, and my issue is more that there's no nothing that these werewolf characters do that a human couldn't do. So them being werewolves in general is somewhat irrelevant. That's my main issue with that particular plot point. There's a lot, and a lot of others, honestly. You can make this argument for a lot of race and a lot of fantasy series, Mike. Why do elves exist in Lord of the Rings? Why can't they just be humans? There's actually a reason for that, though. Lord of the Rings actually establishes that in everything that is, it? is attached. Yes. Go, go enlighten me, then. <laughs> you don't want me to do that. <laughs> That's a whole podcast in of itself. But the point is, does Lord of the Rings do that, or does the Cimmerillion do that? Lord of the Rings does it. 
I don't remember it doing that. It at least talks about it. And the presence of these other creatures actually does add flesh to that world. Because you're discussing as to uh, the difference that each of these creatures have. And like the completely different lifestyles they have. The elves literally have their ivory towers. And dwarves have their... They're living underground. They live under their mountains and they hoard their gold. And they have very different effects on the world because of that. And then they interact with each other differently. Even in just the Lord of the Rings, they not even the Hobbit or Silmarillion or anything like that, just those stories, they discuss those those ideals and those different interactions with each other. That's not what they do here. I'd also argue, having now full full disclosure, I've not read Lord of the Rings, I think I've only seen the films like once or maybe twice. But if I remember correctly, that Lord of the Rings is kind of the fantasy trope setter, as it were, that kind of established most of what one fantasy is. So it would be very weird if they introduced races that wasn't public knowledge and then did nothing with it. That would be, it wouldn't be the trope setter if that was the case. Like you wouldn't have elves being what essentially all taken from what the Lord of the Rings model for elves is if Lord of the Rings didn't establish what elves were and why they mattered. If that makes sense. No, I'm not disputing that part, but what I'm disputing is. Why is the existence of elves specifically need to be there? If Mike's argument is why we're having werewolves when they can be people, and I'm saying, well, why do you need elves in Lord of the Rings when they could be people? But the point is, because they set the trope, because that's the trope setter, he would have introduced them for a specific reason. Yeah, they they are actually there because they serve their own purpose in the world. The werewolves in this, at least in what we read so far, don't. They're just other people who can shapeshift. We don't know if they they offer anything else to this story. And maybe they do later. In fact, I believe they probably will. But it's I'm pretty sure chapters. they've already established something, which is that werewolf magic is different to human magic. Which is why Melissa, I'm going to say dying, not really dying, towards the end of what we read. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I did like that point, cause especially because it doesn't get resolved immediately. It's something that goes on and then Yuri has to fix and it's not a simple quick magic fix it's not a complicated fix either but it takes a little bit of time everything takes a little bit of time in this thanks thanks buddy but on the other hand i do also like would see the probably the mic response about like there's no reason for that to just be magical werewolf juju you could just be she's hurt and needs a mage yeah yeah but again this, this, this comes back to my argument with the elves and lord that you can change all sorts of things quite easily to just make it say what is the point of having this has this race instead of just people, which is what Mike's saying. My point is that if we're going to go with Lord of the Rings again, that there is established in that story that each of these different races function in a completely different way and in a different area of society and have different motivations and reasons for existing, even. Uh, in this, it's just they are another flavor of debutante. They are the same, but they have ears and shapeshift. And for some reason, humans hate them. That's pretty much all we're given. And I'm, a, I'm aware that comparing Lord of the Rings to this is punching down somewhat. But it's like, it's very clear that even when these things are first introduced in one story, why they are there. Here, we read 30 chapters of this and there's, they haven't done anything which you think, yes, it fundamentally couldn't have been a human in this world that did that. And that's my main issue with their existence in this. I have no problem with there being werewolves and then werewolves also being a different form of debutante. I really have no problem with that. My problem is 
there's no reason they specifically need to be werewolves. Why not vampires or why not dwarves or why not literally any other fantasy race out there? Why not screams the thing that they just made <laughs> up for this? I, it really could be anything. And they choose to go with werewolves. That's the thing. Like, I was less bothered by the inclusion of werewolves. The one that got me, I think the random inclusion I got, is that snipers, are just they, they just have sniper rifles. <laughs> which feels very out of place for this world. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> that was the one that got me. I'm like, why does he have a gun? <laughs> I thought it was just more like a magic bow. I, sure. I guess it has Magitech, uh, or whatever this universe's equivalent is, but sure. it's just weird that he's the only one with a gun. I don't think it's he's the only one. He's the only one we see, I guess. But we don't see any of the Royal Guard with, like, snipers on their back or anything. Yeah, uh, history would have developed quite quickly if you could just bring an AK-47 to the Battle of Hastings. Exactly. <laughs> I think, from what we see of the gun, it looks more like a flintlock gun. There's there's probably a reason by it. It's just, like, that to me is the thing that seems weirdly out of place compared to It is a else. little anachronistic, yes. Because the setting of the novel makes it sound very just cliche, debutante fantasy, as it were, mm -hmm. which uh, don't usually involve sniper rifles. <laughs> Maybe they should. <laughs> They'd be more interesting. I mean, hey, that, that is also like the turning point of her character as well, when the werewolf boy and sniper guy are fighting and she's like, stop destroying my fucking manor, you ingrates. Scaring all the staff and everything, yeah. Yeah, and that, yeah, that is like the turning point of her character where she goes from, I don't want to have anything to do with this to, I hate you all, stop ruining life for everyone else, you goddamn monsters. You see, I said earlier that this is not a bad product in general. And it's did, not. Did you? I did, I did actually say <laughs> I, that. I don't recall uh, that. <laughs> no, I said it was boring I as shit. I dragged a begrudging the arts okay out of you and that's about it. <laughs> It's not a it's not a poorly put together product in general. The issue because it has these moments of individual moments of the main character being a good character and uh, your funny. I'm going to call them one liners, one panel jokes, I guess, like the funny facial expressions Like you actually have moments where you get this like this glint of something better. The problem is these are all islands like tiny one person deserted islands in a sea of just space in between them it takes so long to get to these individual points and i suppose if you have more patience than me maybe that's why you actually like this character more than me because maybe you actually have just more patience for this kind of thing i don't require it to move at a lightning pace to keep me interested i just require it to be less drawn out between these islands of fun you know and that could entirely be the reason that this just doesn't jive with me on the same level as you yeah i mean as i say it comes to me it comes down to do you like the main character i do so i was once we rode out the rough arc at the beginning which i think we've mm. all agreed on drags on once you ride that out and it gets to like more going into jake stuff and then Jake, the brother, then Jack, the werewolf, then Peacock, the asshole. It kind of, at that point, has got momentum going on its side. It just takes a while to get to that point. <laughs> it takes a while to get to every point in this. I, the pacing... Disagree, but <laughs> outside of the art one. <laughs> I agree that it does improve after that first arc, but not enough. Um, I think the damage is done pretty early and it never quite recovers because 
is still a long time between tangible points, even when the pacing does pick up a little bit. I just don't know what the logic was by drawing it out so much. I guess maybe this is, I, I often say this isn't for me on this show, but maybe it, this one is so outside of what I enjoy as a reader that I'm just not willing to indulge this world that they're building, like in the visual style and the, the themes and the feelings of it. And maybe that's where the draw to this is. That if you can indulge yourself in this world that they're creating, which I would argue isn't particularly deep, but whatever. If you can indulge yourself in it, then maybe the space in between these tangible points is not only fine, but it's actually why you're reading it. Maybe that's the draw to this. But for me personally, I, I need more of a consistent and more expedient plot. Doesn't have to be a fast plot, just faster than this. Because we've talked about glacial plots before. This is this is pretty glacial. I mean, if I gave you a choice between a slice of life and this, Mike, which are you picking? Entirely depends on the slice of life. But ah, the cop out answer. The, probably the slice of life. If you're desperate to get an answer out of me, but it still would really depend on which one. Say that to pass, Mike. <laughs> I, I fucking hate slice of life. <laughs> this is literally the hardest thing I've had to read for this show. That's not. Uh, that's you find this harder than the gamer. Yes. Damn. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because at least the gamer plays with interesting ideas. It doesn't do anything with them, but it's, they're there. This just takes forever to do anything. Mike, you should be happy that you didn't have to deal with stat blocks. This, outside of one punchline, has no stat blocks. Yeah, I guess I appreciate that. Because it's that. not a video game. You don't get bogged time in video game bullshit. It tries to be sometimes, but no, it's not a video game. It leads to it, okay? Like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the way the story's set up, I'm like, this This seems like a visual novel rather than a book. Yes, I it's was... It's trying to equate all four male leads as, like, being options. But if it's a fixed narrative, there's only it one. It does sort of establish at one point, I forget. It might have been when we get to Jake. Uh, basically, at some point, all of them are potential love interests, but Ian fights them off and wins at the end of the day. I get that. It's just the setup feels very much more like a visual novel than a book. I also thought that. I can't remember if it's in what in the 30 chapters we read or if it's just a little bit after. They do sort of talk about how there were like side stories that were released to the original novel that she's reincarnated into, which is like... Oh, those, those are real. I thought that was a punchline. Because they do talk about one for Peacock, and I thought that was just a punchline yeah. of how she'd be trapped into... Fifty Shades of Melody, I guess. I don't know. No, no, that that was her saying there was a side story that was released. Oh, where... I thought that was a joke. <laughs> no, I I don't know why you thought that was a joke. Because it's very yeah, much written as Because nothing's line. funny. How dare you? Are you telling <laughs> me you didn't like her maid who just wants money? <laughs> no. See, I, you I... laughed. There you go. No, no, I was being facetious. Yes. <laughs> Even I said earlier in this podcast there is there is actually funny moments in this. It's just the rough getting to them part that turned me away from it so yeah no i'm being facetious on that point i don't know why they try to i mean actually i do know why they try to uh put play it off like a visual novel but i definitely got that as well and i get it's because yeah they're probably angling for a visual novel game <laughs> i mean I, I do get that impression as well i think they probably wrote it with that sort of in mind but they're like no no we can't have them reincarnate in a visual novel that's 
That's been done before. That's played out. Oh, <laughs> how could they? <laughs> we have not read, in fairness, as far as I recall, one where it's isekai'd into a book, Mike. It's true. It's true. This is the uh, first one. Again, without the list of what we've read, I can't tell you for definite. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure we haven't. Um, I mean, if we yeah. have, then clearly it was more forgettable than this is. I mean, that's a that's a point. Like, I obviously don't like this particularly much, and I will be trying to put this out of my mind. Do you guys think you'll remember this plot in, like, even a month's time? Yes. Yes. I mean, I've openly, I mean, not to, you know, spoilers for the ending, which is probably coming up soon, but uh, I, I was looking into how I could acquire this, and probably would that. have done if uh, it wasn't locked behind L webcomic tune currency nonsense. <laughs> See, whereas I was forgetting this plot as I was reading it, like it was, it I cannot understate how much of a trudge this was. It was the hardest thing I've had to read for this podcast so far. I'm not saying it's the hardest thing ever. There's probably much harder. It did not endear itself to me in any way, and. Uh, <laughs> It was difficult. It was so difficult. Just to confirm there, so you know, Mike found it easier to read Loveless than... Uh, I actually did, because at least I could laugh at it. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is fucking dumb and abusive and horrible. You you could laugh at Loveless. I could laugh at how ham-fisted it was, yes. Like, don't get me wrong, it was awful. And I didn't find it funny. I was laughing at it, not with it. Big distinction there. So it's like, if you don't laugh, you just got to cry and I'd rather laugh than cry. I'm trying to think of other things now that I can say where Mike found this harder to read than X. Harder to read than everything. Like, literally, like, Redo of a Healer is probably Shadow. one. Eminence in Shadow, yep. All of those things I can Eminence in easily... Shadow wasn't hard to read, it was just shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it makes Mike every... angry every time, so. This is the first one that has literally been hard to read for me. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick it up. As I said earlier, it's like it was very much every other thing we've read. I push come to shove, could read it in a few hours. Not this. Couldn't do it if I tried. I did try, in fact, multiple times. Uh, I couldn't do it. It was too draining, and I'm not a fan of this kind of story. I'm not a fan of. Most, not all, but most isekai, and I'm not a fan of romance novels in general, even if they try to break the mold a little bit. But even I can enjoy, to some extent, a story that's written well and is well-crafted and well-paced, if it's done right. And uh, this weren't it, man. This was not it. Can't, I couldn't do it. It, this this literally took me multiple weeks to read. And that's why this was so very delayed in recording. You guys are going to be listening to it on schedule, so it doesn't make any difference to you. But it does. It was so hard for me to sit down and read this. It was such a chore. And I don't think that's going to be beaten anytime soon. Even with disgusting shit, I could hate read it, you know? I could get through it. Like, I want to see how much I hate this by the end of the second volume or whatever. But man, <laughs> oh, I did not want to read this. It was painful. It was fighting against survival instinct. 
Which sounds dramatic, but it's true. <laughs> well, what about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fully aware that some people out there probably read this and be like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I mean, you guys are pretty much that. that I was going to say, well. do you want to cut to me in the ending <laughs> at that point? Unless there's anything else anyone wants to bring up. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm pretty sure peop- some people out there would be like, I don't know what he's talking about. This is a delightful story. But man, you you have more patience than I do. It's all I can say about that point. I mean, yes, because I could tolerate the gamer, which was the ultimate example of do you have the patience to put up with this nonsense? The ultimate example of nothing fucking happens, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah, I, uh, I to conclude then, uh, I, I did, as I've made very clear, enjoy this uh, to the point of I would like to read the rest of it at some point in the future or consume the rest of it at some point in the future whether it gets a physical release or whether like if tapas do a thing where it's like spend 15 bucks to get the whole thing then when it finishes then sure yeah why not i can i like this i like i was gonna say characters i like the main character who is the one that it all comes down to really if you don't like melissa you probably won't like this because it's her story if you do like her congrats it's her story it all lives and dies on her, as it were. Uh, like, she has some flaws, like, sometimes she'll be a bit contradictory in that she's lamenting being the villainess, but then in the next episode is abusing the fact that she's the villainess. It's like, well, your lot in life isn't going to change if you keep doing that. She's a fun lead, and she gets, and by virtue of being a strong female character, a sad rarity in the genre, she gets to be quite an interesting character. So... I like her. I do feel, as Phil highlighted way back towards the start, that this can go to the mean well a little bit too often with some of the expressions. Like, mainly, I, again, I think it's the me guster expression or when she's like deadpan expression. It loves to use that expression over and over to the point where I would argue it has more deformed expressions than actual standard designs at times. But uh, otherwise, it, the artwork is perfectly serviceable and nice. When it's actually mixing up the memes with its Dark Souls references and its Simpsons references, kind of cool. And not, at least from my experience, not really something you tend to see. It's certainly not something that manga tends to adopt, even in comedy series. So that's that's kind of nice. The fact that now that I know that it only kind of runs for 90 episodes is also a point in its favour, because it means I've read a third of it. And now that I know that it's gotten past the rough first arc with Ian, and I will continually underline those first 10 to 15 episodes where it's focusing around him and their first meeting and then the Royal Bull. Christ, that drags on. But uh, once you're past that, you're in clear sailing, as it were, I feel. So, yeah, I, I definitely, I want to read more. I want to experience the rest of this. Hopefully, I get to buy it physically. Or maybe even a short anime series. I feel that could work for this. But uh, until that day, I will just stare longingly and hope that it does come about one day because yes i do want to read more of this go on mike over to you buddy Uh, i'll ask the questions but i know the answers would you read more or buy this or watch it if it got adapted uh you know this thing is uh it's actually quite delightful there's a lot of good that's all he said (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of good characters um motivations are very clear and not drawn out painfully and I definitely didn't want to end my existence every time I picked this thing up to read it, and I was especially invested in literally all the characters. In this one's defense, you want to end yourself after most of the series we read. Uh, sure, fair enough. 
That's not like a scathing indictment at this point. That's just par for the course. Yes, I, I think it's. I think it's been pretty obvious throughout this entire thing. Fucking no, I would not pick this thing up again. I was going to say, if you paid me. No, I totally would read this if you paid me. I was going to say, it's only 90 episodes, frankly. <laughs> like, it's, it's not even bad. It's just boring. Jeez, like, it hurt to read this. I could not imagine a universe where I, like, I was sitting here thinking, man, I want to know what happens. Because I don't. I don't give a shit. I didn't give a shit what happens by chapter 2. I don't know why I would give a shit at chapter 92. It's just boring, drawn out, and the few points in its favour are so hard to get to. So much of a struggle. I don't give a shit about any of the characters. I understand what it's going for, but that doesn't make it good. I don't want to read this. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to experience it. I wish to delete it from my brain. And I, I can't think of any reason why anyone would want to read this i could extrapolate some extract ideas as to why people might want to put themselves through this but it's just awful like it's 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 so draining to try to get from point a to point b let alone the rest of the fucking alphabet there's no chance ever i'm going to read this and frankly, if I should be so bold, neither should any of you. It's not worth your time, even if your time is worthless. Yeesh. This really is Trash Manga Friends Year 2's version of Fly Me to the Moon. Where I'm like, <laughs> it's amazing, I'm buying in. And Mike's like, why? How could anyone? Why? Fucking <sighs> hell. Well, how could they get married, Sean? How could they get married? Love at first sight. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Man, this thing at least makes more sense than Fly Me to the Moon. <laughs> She's trying to get out of the bullshit marriage. Oh, yeah, I love how you've been conditioned to the this point that truck con makes more sense than <laughs> actually falling in love. <laughs> I just think that's, that's something worth knowing. I don't think we ever found out how she died. I think she gets truck con, I think she says. I think that's the implication, but I don't think we never actually see it. Not, not that it really matters at all. Oh yeah, it's it's not relevant. But I can say yeah. not not relevant in the slightest. It was just something of note, I guess. Because usually, at the very least, beginning of this guy is like, "Hi, I'm God," and it's like, "Oh, all right." That has reminded me of the one Isekai bit of this story I did find weird. Sorry to cut off Phil's exciting opinion on whether he's going to read more of the series he's finished, but um, the I'm one Isekai bit. <laughs> Sorry, I won't give anything away. The one, the one bit I did find weird is there's one point, I think about 20 or so episodes into what we read, where she's basically been knocked out cold. I think it's from the werewolf attack, so she's currently unconscious as she her body fights yeah, to recover. Yes. Oh, I think I know and then she doing, meets yeah. the, re the story version of herself, as it was, as a child. But it's so weird because it comes so long after she's already resolved to like move on with her life and do the story. So then you get this character going, wow, I love Ian. And Ian's not been a thing for like five or ten episodes at this point. You're like, why, why is this now? <laughs> We've moved past this point of the story. This is not the time for like a crisis of like, who am I? What is past me and future me? Like That part of the story's been undone. This is too little, too late now. You shouldn't have had this here. This should have been like 10 episodes ago. I was long past the point of wanting to fucking die. So <laughs> You've made that clear, champ. <laughs> I'll take your word for it.
it is just so weirdly placed. <laughs> it's like she's all, her character's yeah, already changed at this point. I don't necessarily mind that sort of general. It's it's fine as an idea. Yeah, as you say, because like the character militia is like, oh my, I love Ian. It's like, but Ian's been gone for like ten chaps or whatever at this point. You could have like, yeah. There were opportunities to insert that earlier. You, you in could the have story. just yeah. could have just had it when Ian was still there. And it made a bit more sense because, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, that's just one random thought I had that I got reminded of right at the end here. But as I said, now it's time for the most hu- the highlight of the show, Phil's conclusion of opinions. Obviously, I believe you've read all of this. Yep. Will you be reading the uh, epilogue when it presumably comes out later this year? Would you buy it? I know it wouldn't be from Tapas Bucks, but if it got physically released, would you buy it? And uh, would you watch an adaptation? Yes, yes, yes. I think from what i remember those questions i will be reading the epilogue i would buy a physical release of this given the option because i i think as we said on it doesn't suffer from hayati syndrome <laughs> if there is also that yes it has a very has a very definitive ending but no i was going to say i think it was in like episode four when we did the game or something i refuse to do microtransactions to read just the worst. I, I would I would buy a physical release of this. At 92 chapters, you've, what, five to ten volumes, something like? Uh, I don't know what the standard amount of... Well, I'll say, but I'm, I'm, I think Solo Leveling Volume 1 was about 15. I think, yeah, I think chapters. we can't get Solo Leveling's 15 to 20. I've got Laura Olympus Volume 1 somewhere, but I've not actually read that yet, so I don't know how many of its episodes are in there. You, you're looking at what, seven volumes, seven to ten, I guess, at fifteen a volume. I'll read the epilogue when that comes out. I, I did say to Sean, because obviously at the moment it is, strictly speaking, on hiatus, but the story is finished and they've just said, right, we're taking a break, we'll come back with 30 epilogue chapters in a few months. Oh, God. Yeah, I, 30 does sound like a lot, and I really don't know why 30, but I guess we'll find out. But the, the story, to my knowledge, has finished at 92. Like, it is definitely an ending. Would you want it to continue? Like, epilogue aside, if it was just, we're on hiatus and we'll be back soon. Would I, want it? I would be hard-pressed to find a reason for it to continue. Like, you, you could if you just decided you wanted more of the, more of the characters, just make it more slice of life I guess, or something, or have some wacky hijinks going on, I don't know. But in general, it's, it's told its story, it's done. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I think ending it here is a good choice. Get some epilogue, which I'm assuming is going to be like 10 years later, or whatever. But yeah, I'd, I'd watch an anime if it got an anime. Then again, I say that about most things. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you... Um because I know I said I might do this, if Tapas, when it's all out, we're like, 15 bucks to read the whole thing digitally on our website. Would you do that? Uh, see, here's the thing for me. Like You said it was about $30. $30 for everything at the moment, so I would project 40 when the epilogue happens. The way I look at that, that's actually not a bad, a bad cost, because I always assume like a chapter is going to be like 
at least dollar if you've got to unlock it like you normally do with Tapa. So I was expecting it to be like at least $80 or something daft. So to find out it's $30, actually, that's pretty reasonable. And as we're saying, if we're expecting it to be like seven to 10 volumes, and you expect each volume is probably going to be 10 plus dollars each, actually, 30 is pretty good. Yeah, it ultimately will come down to how much you value digital content. Mm. Yeah, if they're like, here it is, $15 to own it all digitally. Yeah, maybe just to throw some support at the author, authors, author, artist. Two authors, one artist, I believe. Because 15 is not a bad amount. And say 30 is not a terrible amount, in my opinion. But in general, I just don't like supporting these platforms more than anything. You're a bunch of degenerates. That's what? Like, there, there are a lot of insults you could level us. I don't really see how we're degenerates. You know how. Unlike half of the series we've read over the past few months, this isn't horny on main. I didn't say there was like fan service in this, from what I remember. No, no, there wasn't. Which is weird that that's a point in its favour. But yeah, that's, I think it's yeah. more that we've done so many of those back to back to back that uh... <laughs> we're just dead to it now. <laughs> I just, I see a tit and it does nothing, man. It does nothing anymore. <laughs> the human form does not excite me anymore. <laughs> but yeah, good. Good. So there you go. One hell no and two hell yes. What a, what a weirdly divisive opinion. <laughs> this might be the most divisive we've ever yeah, been. You're very much understating the hell no there. <laughs> but that's the point. I feel this is the most opposite. Because we've had some, like, Fly Me to the Moon, as I've referenced numerous, where we sat on opposite ends of the spectrum. But this feels like you're the, fir- the furthest apart we've been, where you're you are advising people not to read this <laughs> under any circumstance. And me and Phil are both like, yeah, we'd buy it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like my hell no is just worth at least two of your guys. Oh, yes, is, <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> the weird thing I've got from this, though, is Mike's actively advising people not to read. Which he rarely does, in fairness. Which he rarely does, but... I don't feel like he's actually said that with, say, like, Redo of a Healer or Sabasa from Year One. I mean, fairness, you can't read Redo of a Healer, so... Legally. You can't read Redo of a Healer legally anyway, so you're fine. Sure. (laughs) Well, it should be a crime, yeah. That's the uh, (laughs) argument to be had here. I know. (laughs) You could watch it legally, probably. If it's still on High Dive, yeah. Wait, someone actually did pick it up. Fucking hell. It got picked up. I think it was High Dive that got picked up. Most anime gets picked up, Phil. Even the I know most one. does. I'm just surprised anyone thought, yeah, let's... It's popular somehow. Oh, I well, know no, how. I, I understand how it's popular. Yeah. It shouldn't be, but I yeah. understand. It's not a good reason. But you can agree this is better than that, right, Mike? Yes, this is absolutely a better manga than Redo of a Healer. Like, that's, that's, that's not a competition. <laughs> Like, I, I'm sure some people love this. Two, you two loved it, so there you go. Well, we get to have this argument in like a month, don't we? If you're on about Trash Tacular 2, that's a bit off yet, buddy. Not quite there yet. <laughs> to be fair, I also have to put up with the episodes before that. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yay, it's fun to hear Phil in pain for once. Oh, believe me, if you want to hear me in pain... Episodes uh, 50 and 51, kids. The fill in pain arc is get. We're getting to that. The fill in pain <laughs> arc is uh, very shortly about to begin. I'm excited. But before that, we have to do our traditional plugs. 
which of course means if you want to see Phil in pain, you tune into Mike's Twitch streams. <laughs> why, why am I in pain on Mike's Twitch streams? Because he's still not played The World Ends With You. That, is I actually mean, true. that doesn't pain me, really. I expected that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I suggested that knowing it was going to be a pain in the ass for him to get it. <laughs> But yeah, um, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Berserker, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R. And you can find me at Twitter, the same name as Berserker, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R. I play video games and sometimes have opinions on things. That's, that's, pretty, much, that's pretty much my entire thing. Also, I was about I to say, I was about to say we'll like be Elden Ring at this point, but that's not out at this time this episode comes out. So no, Isn't it would not be. It? When does this one come out? If you're listening to this day it comes out, it's out next Friday. But yes, the, do do watch Mike's Twitch streams. They are they are good save. And I mean, yeah, now you can watch his VODs on YouTube. That is true. You can watch him play all of Persona 4 Golden. Yes. That's the most recent one I finished after over 100 hours of gameplay. So, yay. I mean, I'd mock you, but that, yeah, that I mean, my save file was over 100 hours. So JRPGs in general, yeah. Well, Persona especially, those games can... <laughs> Eat your life, yes. G- yes, yes, that was that was a fun year of uni, playing that game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a good time. Good time indeed. You can follow me, of course, at SlazerKing, S-L-A-Z-O-K-I-N-G, for my opinions on whatever I've consumed recently, celebrating whatever trash character I've just pulled in Princess Connect, stuff like that. Or you could follow Phil <laughs> at Phanaxkian, where and now it's the everyone's favorite part of the show. I ask Phil a question. He says I don't fucking know. Phil, favorite villain of yours? Favorite villain? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Kirito. <laughs> you know what? He is a fucking menace. <laughs> yeah, no, <you> fucking <laughs> tell me he's the protagonist. <laughs> um, Not a villain though. Ah. Uh, d- the problem with these sorts of things, it's always like, I know there's an answer, it's just I can't think of it off the top of my head. You know what, sure, since we said sort of online, I'm gonna say the cast of Excel World, because they're villains. Wait, what? The, the cast of Excel World. The villains. Are they? I mean, they're trying to end Excel World. That That is their whole motivation. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> it is, considering everyone else wants it to go on. I mean, I am not. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. That right? Okay, fair oh, enough. Yes. Right. Um, cast of Excel World. Not the answer I expected, but I've also not watched the anime in ten years. It's also just something I've come up with. There's definitely better villains. I just can't think at the moment. Palpatine. Don't ask me. I'm I didn't watch. Really, not a better villain. <laughs> God, especially after those last few films. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, never, never. Spoilers. I'm not a Star Wars guy. Never had to deal with that nonsense. You can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Manga Cast on Twitter to be notified the moment a new episode goes live. And of course, subscribe to us on whatever your podcasting services of choice, be it Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Subscribe, uh, like, follow, comment, rate, review, whatever, whatever cool things you can do for the podcast on your app of choice. It's all appreciated. And that means now it's time. So usually at this point, I'd throw to Phil for a tease of what's coming up next time. But as I mentioned, no, 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 no. We're going to begin the uh, Phil suffering arc because throughout the month of March, the choices have been picked by myself and Mike. That's right. It's all out of Phil's hands. So I've decided to step up to the plate first. And seeing as we never we never really tackle the uh, 
the world of shonen on this series i thought well what better what better series to do then like let's let's get something from shonen jump the world's premier shonen magazine anything that serializes in that must be solid gold oh man we're reading uh baruto's son baruto's son naruto's son is baruto a jump i don't honestly know if baruto is in jump or not off the top of my head i can't remember if it because he's Maybe it is, like, re- viewers at this point are probably screaming at me going, of course it is, Sean, you jack and ninny. But either way, we are covering one of uh, one of the Shonen Jump series that's still going to this day. That's right. We're going to be delving into the world of World Trigger. That's not One Piece. It's not One Piece, but, you know, we're, um, when that ends, so, you know, when we've, when we've all retired and the heat death of the universe has happened... That'll be when the One Piece episode happens. But uh, until then, look look forward to that next time. A fun Shonen series, World Trigger, in the next episode of Trash Manga Friends. We'll see you then. Take care, everybody. And goodbye.